0: Digging the, Dig the crates. This is Digging the Crates. I'm Vice Beats. Welcome to season one, episode four of the podcast, brought to you by Defiant. An aspect of Digging the Crates is that the interviews are from various times. This interview was recorded in November 2019. Since then, things have been massively changing in terms of the musical and political landscape. The team with Digging the Crates and Defiant. like to send our deepest love and respect to the Rhyme Sayers family alongside their fellow Minneapolis residents and to acknowledge and support the movement which has taken place and to honour the loss of George Floyd and the numerous other wrongful deaths before him. The Find will be donating all digital proceeds from their Jazzvolution compilations on Bandcamp to reclaim the block until 15th of June. To find out more about the crucial work they're doing go to reclaimtheblock.org. Now back to today's guest. As already mentioned, he's a member of the Ryan Sayers family, and he's crafted his own unique sound and message within hip-hop. This is Digging the Crates with Greaves.
1: And now for our feature presentation. All right,
0: here, here we go.
1: Hello, sweet child. This is Greaves from Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, and I'm chilling with Vice Beats and Digging the Crates. Holler at your mama for me I'll call you later Bye uh,
2: Derelict flow running Motherfuckers always hating on something Took a small break to fill up my plate Cause all of this running round got me hungry Tell him I'm back Chilling in my glass Ain't no need to be panicked Soon as I knock this back I'ma rock that ass lifestyle Skinny bones Jones with immaculate flow Didn't even know that he could rap like that though Yeah, well, who's the asshole that told you I had a rap slow? Point him out I stepped into my future Blocked out that noise And I came back with a vengeance Like I'm Bruce Willis on Royce Tell me now who got that smooth shit Sipping on some LaFord. And I walked out of that smoke cloud With my game tight and on point I'm feeling real good right now Yeah
1: I'm feeling real fine and a Greaves, welcome to Digging the Crates. Thank you, man. So, how did you get into hip hop? I mean, hip hop was like this; it was always around. And like when I was a, like a kid, kid, you know, we had like Naughty by Nature and Crisscross and shit like that. But it wasn't like I don't know. I I remember the first hip hop record that like made me want to like buy a hip hop record was uh, the 1G record, the Regulators or whatever. Yes. And but I was young; I wasn't like she like third or fourth grade, you know, and I saw it on yo m t v raps, and I was <laughs> like, "What is this and then I, I the video was very like you know I, I hear my mama in the street lights telling me to come home, and I was like oh. uh, it was so like visual to me, even though I was a kid, you know and and you know you had the video and everything like that, but um. I don't think my parents would let me get it. Or, so I didn't have any money. My parents were very like, if you want that, then you can buy that. But you, oh, you're a kid shit. and you don't have any money, so you ain't getting <laughs> shit. But the first records I bought with my own money weren't of the hip-hop realm. They were Green Day, Dookie, Offspring, Smash. I don't know why, but Aerosmith, Get a Grip. <laughs> I don't know why I bought that. But, you know, I bought... They were tapes and... uh you know, I, I got really into like punk rock and stuff when I was younger because I, you know, my friend Brittany's older brother was in a band and he was cool and <laughs> <laughs> kind of more led by that side. Yeah, and I was raised on music. You know, like my dad was like a super, he was super into like Chicago blues and soul and really in folk music, like kind of by the belt with Bob Dylan. Like we were raised on that. um so I always had music in my life, and when I got into like kind of the angrier, harder music, I didn't get into the stuff that was just like la, 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 la. it had to have some sort of like melodic overtone to it. So, like uh, no effects it was huge for me. Um, and then I heard Wu Tang, and I was like, "Whoa, those are my dad's records!" Like, uh, and I started listening to more and more hip hop, and I found like I really got into. The East Coast stuff a lot. Um, it was much more my vibe because coming over from that aggressive kind of punk realm, it still had that edge, but it had these like, you listen to like some of these mob deep beats and stuff that The Alchemist was making. Like, they're these like pretty little kind of sad, you know, piano tracks, and then they're just like, I'll cut your face with the box cutter. And I was like, <laughs> what? I love this.
0: A
2: young dude, you're rocking the goat tooth. Way. I began to G York was drug looming. And let's start it like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one. Pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. So-
1: So that became like great and i love those tempos you know those like kind of low to mid 90s tempos and uh west coast at that time was very like synthesizer like the beats were very different um and i wasn't really fucking with it um and then i came up on the uh west side connection bow down record and i was like okay never mind i'm fucking up And I went on this huge ice cube kick for a long time. And then I realized, you know, like my friends were like drawing a line like, oh, it's East Coast to West Coast. I was like, we're not even it's like 2001 right now. Like, it's not even a thing like we can listen to everything. And I got just, I dug in and I dug in, and then I found kind of like the independent hip hop stuff. And I, I I skated a lot as a kid, and I was at the skate park one day, and I found this like CD. It was like, you know,
2: Ryan's Skate Mix or whatever it
1: was. You know, it didn't have any info on it. It was just a burned CD. And I was listening to it, and there was all these songs on there that I'd never heard before. And I was like, what is this? And I would bump it in my car all the time, but I had no idea what it was. And one day, my friend Dusty, he was from Iowa. He was much older than us, but he was, all, he was like, the older dude at the skate park. And he's like, oh, you're bumping atmosphere. I didn't know that they listened to atmosphere out here. I was like, what's up? And I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I just found this, i like, at the skate park. And he's like, oh, I got to show you. And he, like, has all the headshot tapes. He hit me to idea and abilities, um, just everything. And it, like, cracked that nut wide open. And then from that point forward, it was, like... All the company flow stuff, the Mr. Lift stuff, like just all the way down the rabbit hole. And I was like hip hop as fuck. You know, like I was trying to break dance, I was writing graffiti, like I got so into it. And like I was completely immersed in this uh, culture that I had found. Um, and it was un- at that time I was living in Colorado. I was born and raised in Chicago. And then my parents moved me to Colorado because my dad got a job out there. And there was nothing, you know, like. There's no music. There's no local hip hop groups. There's like one group, and they were dicks. And like you know, there was just nothing there. But I was kind of developing my craft as an MC. Like I was, I was at that time I was really good at freestyling. I'm not anymore, like at all. It is, that skill has left me completely. But we were we we'd go to the record store, and we'd have this old dude order us all the B-side vinyls of the Wu Tang tracks because they would have the instrumentals on the back so we could rap over those and it was like it was everything like we would take time out of our weekends to like do this shit and now i look back and i was like wow i was that kid like super (laughs) annoying like hip hop i'ma force it on you like i this is so stupid but uh i ended up moving away for college and i didn't know anybody or have anything and the one thing that i did have was my music and to write but i didn't have access to like any beats or anything like that so i just started teaching myself Um, how to produce and i had been in bands and had like a slight musical background to me um and i i was just lucky to like run into the people that i ran into like i ran into like one of the the first weeks that i was there i ran into macklemore and he was we became very close friends for a really long time because we're like yo you like hip-hop I like hip hop and we're out here and we don't know anyone he was from Seattle which is real close it was like you know 40 minutes away from where we were going to college but um, you know and then I through him discovered this hip hop scene in Seattle and like all like there were like legends you know it, they never made it out of Seattle um, so those names wouldn't ring any bells now but like other than the Macklemore of course but like there was stories of these people and the things they had done and like, Oh, if you want to beat from blah, 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 like you got to come super correct. And like, you know, the Jake ones and the vitamin D's and the Bean ones like the, the, these like super producers that actually did have quite career, you know, big careers. Jake ones now doing the, the tuxedo stuff with Mayor Hawthorne and produced, you know, just throughout the ages, tons of hits for like De La Soul and other people. Um, And so that's when I really started crafting my career as an artist because I was now surrounded by other artists. Um, I went to school for music production and audio engineering to hone in on the things that I would have to take years trying to learn from somebody else, you know? Um, Then I got an intern at a studio, um, and then things just kind of happened. I didn't fight for it super hard. It's not like it's something that I was like, I need this. But, you know, I had a community around me that really pushed for for my success and i was super lucky for that
0: so you say kind of you didn't have to push too hard on that side of things so what was the first step for you like what what was the first break where you thought damn something's happening here
1: i put a record out in 2007 called irreversible um, and it became relatively like the tracks this was height of the myspace era you know So, like, Tom had, like, he found me somehow and, like, made me, like, the song of the week or something on MySpace. So I was just getting millions of plays right off the gate. Like, as soon as I uploaded it, I was like, wait, what? You heard an old man's noise I heard every tear that he wept And every crack in his voice Heard every
2: fear that he kept And every passionate joy As he scrambled across the keys And I played with my toys And I saw the power that projected From that living room That man lost his family And everything that he ever knew He played the piano Like it saved him from the hell he flew Running from the pain that awaited From being raised a Jew Some people paint with their music Stimulate your senses Enabling you to view it But those notes raised me And trained me to take a tune with me Everywhere that I go Making my home with the new no need in bringing them back cause I've never really gone what the light I can still hear the music, this old box used to play. To and I am what I am cause of you. And they can't take that away. Take away. What, what the light I can still hear the music, this old box used to play. To and the man the that I am cause of you. And
1: they can't take that away um, so it was like you know really lucky like there's I don't really don't know a better word I do I know people hate hearing that because sometimes they listen to things like this and they think that they could pick apart what I'm saying to maybe be successful themselves and I I don't think I have any information that I can give you to make you successful because you know art is like there's no stair steps to success with R.D. Either people like what you're doing or they don't. And if you're replicating something that other people like, people don't like that either. So it's just... It is kind of luck You know It's it's a toss up And and I know tons of people That are way more talented than me That won't have a career And can't Even if I gave them mine Like they would squander it um, So it's it's like a It's like a piling up Of like all these different skills But you know Back then It, it started happening And I had a, had a little bit Of music business Going on And I wasn't like Super flattered by it all So it wasn't like It didn't, it didn't fuck me up up here You know I was able to like Keep my cool back at least I feel like that was you know, in hindsight but uh so that happened and then almost immediately there's this group out of Seattle that is signed to Rhymesayers they're called Grayskull um and they were coming through the studio a lot I had been working with Mr. Lif in the studio a lot because for some reason he was like in Seattle for like an undetermined amount of time like a couple months and I was like why are you here he's like don't worry about it and I was like okay Uh, I was like I got a studio if you ever want to rock and he was like in the studio every day which is how I got Mr. Liff on the record and he became like a mentor to me at the time and that was really inspiring being surrounded by people that have done great things and made music that you look up to is inspiring and I think can be as successful for you to learn from those people um, just energy wise you know and and craft wise Um, and then like right out the gate Grace Gold was like hey do you want to go on tour with us we're going on this like two month long tour with Atmosphere I was like are you kidding me and I was like what would I be doing they're like well we can't like you know we can't give you a set because it's not our tour but you can DJ for us and we'll let you rap during our set like once like you could you're gonna have to it's to have to be over one of our beats like we're gonna clear a verse out for you but you can do that and that was like the beginning of it <laughs> like straight up we were getting calls from Warner Brothers after that tour it was it was luck You know, I just happened to be there. They offered it. I had the means to make it happen. I quit my job. I like went on the road for two months, came back with nothing. And it was a lot, but I did it. I took these like wild leaps, you know, a lot of wild leaps. Um, But that was a big first wild leap. And it, it led me into this place where at that point I had leapt so far that I couldn't really turn around. So I had to figure out how to make this work for me you know financially and just as a lifestyle and and to make my living off of it
0: I mean I guess it sounds like I mean it's a combination of luck and courage really isn't it oh
1: absolutely because it is scary this is half the people that I know that are way more talented than I they'll never do it because they can't give up the other things that they have or they're wildly afraid of failure that they'll never put themselves in a situation where they could fail it's okay to be you know the the underground legend like oh that guy was so tight he never got his chance it's like yeah because he never took one on purpose because now he gets to be this like slept on legend in your eyes and he (laughs) never had to face failure you know there's so many
0: artists like that every city you go to there's always these artists who've just kind of been hidden away and that like you say it's that persona isn't it where it's almost legendary status but they they haven't taken those risks but yeah it's a crazy crazy thought in that sense
1: how many artists there are out there like that and i do believe that every artist has that moment where they got to put it all on the line and i'm i would think most don't take it and i can't tell you that you should or shouldn't because i don't know your life you know i don't know that that could you could be homeless when you come back you know like i don't know your situation and and i like i barely made it happen I took everything I had, and like I sold everything. I got rid of everything that I had to do that to her. You know, I was sleeping with another dude in the in the bed, like sharing a bed with another dude in a hotel. Like I was, it kind of sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Have
0: you got your own bed now?
1: I do. I get my own. I get my own bed. Sometimes I get my own room, man. What? Yeah, big shit. Big shit happening over here. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You said that you got into this through tapes and the skate culture, all that side of things. Hip-hop's got such a link into the skate scene. Did you find around you that there was lots of other people getting into hip-hop with you? Yeah.
1: Did you feel like you were more kind of steering in a different direction to others? I think that the, the, the music that I was finding and the time that I was finding it at we kind of all were Regardless of what we liked Right Because I was coming over From the punk realm There was like metal heads and heads And and this is why I think They say Wu-Tang is forever Because Like Go anywhere Anywhere And chances are One of these motherfuckers Know who Wu-Tang <laughs> is You know And they could like They know like Like I was walking around Barcelona the other day And it was we had been there For six days It was great And I had just like Gone shopping for my girlfriend Found a little you know, a little thing for, her. and we were like, ah, we, I want to find a bar, and we start walking around, and we see this place, and it says, two schmucks outside, and I was like, oh, that's funny, and then I look down to the left, and it's just a Wu-Tang quote paid on the side of the building, I was like, we're going in that bar, <laughs> we went in that bar, they only played, you know, early 90s, mid 90s hip hop, turns out that they were doing a pop-up with a guy from San Diego called Bartender at Large, which is like my one of my best friends his like idol in life he's like a craft cocktail like god (laughs) and so i'm like what is going on and then the owner comes out and he's like did you did you post something on social media i was like yeah and he's like all right and he like starts playing my music and he's from sweden and he knows the people that i made running wild with like my last record And we just get talking and then the dude from san diego shows up and we like all take a photo they're (laughs) pouring they like make a manhattan in my mouth and it's like and it was such a good night and i would have never walked in that bar if there wasn't a (laughs) wu-tang quote on the outside you know so like people mainly kids defined their social identities by the music they listen to a lot but that smashed barriers you know like all of my punk homies were listening to all of this kind of like gully it was the gully rap you know we we loved that you know they weren't really listening to like the west coast shit but like you know some of the artsier kids were like "Ooh, i they they sampled funkadelic i really like that <laughs> and it's like all right cool so we like all were able to find hip-hop at the same time and i i mean i really don't remember there being like a like a rift And it was, we were all looking for something to be a part of. That's why we were skating, you know, like we just needed something, you know, we needed to get some energy out. Um, We needed something to belong to because we were all kind of outcasty, you know, shitheads. And we found kind of, you know, family within each other. Um, And, you know, the skate park was like hollow ground. And that's just where we found shit. I was a terrible skateboarder, but, you know, I still met, I, I have these friends to this day. You know, so it's a community element to it. Yeah, and the music was a big part of that. But at that time, it wasn't like, okay, you're the, you're with the hip hop dudes, you're with the punk dudes, you're with the metalheads, you're with like the pop music. You know, like there was that was the end of like the categories for us
0: so you said that you you started off making your own beats and all that side of things like what was your process with that like what did you use and are you uh, still finding that you're, you're into that element as much or would yeah. you say that you're steering off it a bit more now that you're doing doing albums in this way well
1: when i first started i, I started with uh, like fruity loops like my my roommate in college had had like a hacked version on his computer and it like barely worked but it worked <laughs> enough to get like a drum beat down like some stupid melody or, like, whatever, like, Simon and Garfunkel sample that I would put in there or whatever, I just didn't give a fuck when I was younger. I would sample whatever because I was like, no one's gonna pop me like, I don't even know how to get this off the computer. Like, I don't even know how to, like, listen to this after I make this. Like, it might be the only time I hear it. And, uh, so you know, I, eventually I got better, and you know, I then I I, I took the super duper hip hop route. I got the you know Akai MPC two thousand XL with eight ins and eight outs, and and the little shitty effects on it, and the zip, the scuzzy zip disc thing, you know. God, and I was like, Psh, I got a gig. You're still using floppy disk. I got a gig worth of sounds, and people are like, shit, so stupid, and uh. You know, I made millions of beats on that.
2: Check it, has been a minute, now I'm back up on these beats. Tell your mama fine, call her back. She didn't make the team. I'm on some other shit. Go and pick it up. Try to run with it. Stupid motherfuckers getting rich across some mumble shit in my house. Camel clutch a tap out. Suck a bunch of dicks. So you've been sleeping on my cam now. Been doing this for decades. Homie, we don't plan on standing down. We're coming through your speakers. They like may they made they man down. May they made they man down. Fuck with me and see. You keep talking about your hustle like you out here in these streets. Ain't nobody know your name you out here acting like a bitch and if fight, don't pull your car i got some homies that'll roll up in assist tell me something do you believe in fate when it comes down to that sacrifice can you even relate ain't nobody i ain't acting right they talking not decided side out they mouth i get they mama on the phone i tell her what i'm about it's man
1: i used to go to the there was a record store right by my apartment well it was called half price books So it was like you know you get used to media there So like books and CDs and DVDs And mad records And I would go in there And I would buy a stack of them And then I would just run back to my apartment And I'd needle drop just like as much as I could I'd like fill the disc up And then I'd go back and return them Because I didn't actually have any money you know Because I like needed money for groceries and shit So then I would go back and return them And be like I don't need these Like I don't know why I bought these And they'd be like okay dude you know, Because they didn't know that I was sampling them. They knew that I was doing it a lot, but they didn't know why. Maybe they just I was a little crazy, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. So, yeah, I was just, like, dropping needles, like, all the way down the record. And then I would just make beats off of whatever I could, like, <laughs> capture from these, like, 12 records in, like, the 20 minutes I had it in my apartment. Um, and then someone stole my MPC. So I was like, mm-hmm. shit. But at that time, I was like pretty you know i was using like reason and pro tools and all that stuff so then i kind of forced myself to like make beats strictly in pro tools which was new for me but that's when my sequencing got a lot better um and i started wanting to you know instead of doing like two four bar loops i'm like let's do eight sixteen bar loops you know like Switching let's, up. let's go bigger <laughs> because i have infinite space now you know and like let's put 27 samples in here too like let's do every <laughs> damn thing and so then i feel like my process got really creative because then i was able to do all these things but That was also the time where I was like, I've learned so much about music at this point. I'm running out of options with these samples. Like, I'm not able to, like, I've. The the amount of times that I would be like, "Ah, I just wish it would do this here. (laughs) And, you know, even if I play piano in that part, it's a mass difference, especially at that time, like 2005. Like, unless I went and mic'd up a piano and ran it through some old analog gear, which I couldn't get my hands on, there's no way that I can match that tone as easily as you can today, which you can so easy today Um, but that was really hard and so that was when I switched my focus to like all right, let's start playing these things and see if we can make it sound like a sample Um, which was a lot harder and as I said it's gotten exponentially easier Um, and as it gets easier I'm more and more inspired by it and it's definitely something that I will keep and maybe even just fully switch over to you know when when my time is up and I can't keep touring and you know all this stuff I'm in my mid 30s now and yeah or you know go to work for the companies that make these things that make it easier yeah because I love that stuff Um, I do a lot of work with Universal Audio um, and you know I do help with some product launches and reviews and stuff with them and I would love to go full force more into that world if if music stopped providing for me but i could still have a life in music you know so yeah and my new ep that just came out which is um the collections of mr nice guy that's all self produced i did all of that so and i think i want to do more like i think my next full length i'm going to just do it all but i'll hire like you know i'm going to hire the musicians that i want and and you know rent studio time to i'm a big fan of organic strings i don't think that that's something that we've done yet i think the vst strings are mm, they don't you don't get the humanity out of them you know you can do the pads and like the kind of movie score stuff really well um but you can't get the like the bowing out of it so yeah i i I might want to just take all these ideas that i have and take the budget that I would normally spend on another producer and just throw it at other people to like come in and play these things and see what we can do. We don't really talk about
2: anything worth a damn now, slowly drifting farther apart with both hands out. I remember when I used to be your man and now you treat me like a roommate that you can barely stand now. I guess it's only natural to grow apart. I hope you find what you're looking for and you make a spark. The hard wants with the hard wants, man. I fucking hate that saying. I'll be better off this time, soon as I get you off my mind, girl, I'll be better, I'll be better, wasting all my time, soon as I get you off my mind, girl, I feel better, I feel better, yeah
0: your production style is really interesting because it's almost got that 20 seal hocus pocus vibe to yeah. it but then like nods to like the 90s golden era sound yeah. how do you start off with that is there a, a specific thing you just think, hey i like that, i like that sample i'm gonna go with that
1: yeah now this is gonna come across maybe kind of stupid but i'm <laughs> like i definitely felt stupid when i started doing this but i'm i don't care anymore like I don't care what other people think I need to be doing to make the music. Because if I don't say anything, then you don't know. And then it doesn't exist. And if I do, then you're like, oh, well, good. It's like you liked it before you knew. So shut your mouth. (laughs) Like, I hate that. But I've been using Splice a lot. Oh, nice. Um, I love Splice. I love it. And because not even if I'm using it for... The, the direct samples, which sometimes I do. Like, sometimes I find one in there. I'm like, this is badass. I'm going to chop it up a little bit. I'm going to slow it down, just like I would from anything else. And I never have to worry about getting sued for it. Cool. That's what it's there <laughs> for. Plus, I did it before you did. So, so good. But, like... D- knowing it's like let's say i sit down you know i have a roads in my studio so let's let's sit down and i'm mashing around on some chords and nothing happens and i'm just like mm, i'm not inspired today i treat this like my job so something's got to get done today now it doesn't have to be you never have to force a song because then you're just making bad music and you're wasting everybody's time but what else could i do um okay well let's like look for samples Sometimes I'll just go through YouTube and just like listen to like old Cuddy like Japanese soul records, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's tight. I like that like synth line." I'll be like, well, "How would I do that?" And so then I pull up my synths and like start like making synth patches. That's valuable to me because then I have that when that idea comes around again, or maybe I'm re-inspired. Maybe I'm listening through stuff on Splice, and I'm like, "Oh, that guitar line's cool. It's way too noticeable, but like, you know, go get my guitar and like dial in that tone." And then come in with something that is more me. So I love Spice for that. And, and putting it into little samplers like arcade and stuff like that and just chopping it all around and like, you're like, woo! Like, it's a really good, like, creative tool. And the drum sounds, just having access to the drum, being able to type in like round analog kick or so. you know, like, you're, <laughs> you know, you're like going through your drum sounds and you're like, God, where's the one that sounds like this? And then you can just type that in and then there's a million of them. Oh. <gasps> I'm also not one of those producers that's like, I'm not telling you where I get my drums. Like now, I'm getting my drums from Splice, because now I'm not like going through like I have. I was that dude. I was needle dropping drums and like cutting them all up and running them through compressors and like trying to do all that shit. And like I have those drums. They don't sound anywhere near as good as the ones that are on Splice. You know, like can actually use. Yeah, like save me the time in the studio, like. Why am I spending all this time to mix these drums down just so I could say that that's what I'm no. doing? Like, if that lended itself to my yeah. style of production, like uh, yeah. Apollo yeah. Brown, you don't know yeah. if there's even drums in that song sometimes, you know? Like, he did that whole record with Planet Asia anchovies, and he, I was, like, waiting for the drums to drop the whole time. But they were in there, they were just, like, little sample drums that sounded like they were part of the sample. And you know that works really well for him. Lambo
2: race, Miami Space, Scarface. High speed chases, dual exhaust your whole face. Halal tuna in Laguna. Rumor is he used to be a stroomer. How was mind is psychedelic with humor. i am an OG, still a junior. Junior. I took her over to Laguna to meet with the Uma sea bass garlic yeah. we mash harlots crash parties white bitches sniffing lines screaming that snarly. coconut oil yeah. my bitches loyal peanut butter scan, cinnamon sheba queen exotic empress those sounds would drive me up.
1: fucking crazy if i was trying to make <laughs> these with those you know because i believe in this like space yeah. um i don't layer stuff up a lot um i think that there's a way to create this like soundscape and i hear it before it exists and drums are a huge part of that the correlation between the kick and the bass is like has to be made in your brain before you start laying those things down or else you're you're sacrificing things and when you really choose those sounds well a way less time in the studio like way less time mixing these tracks and way less like compromise you know so if you're like okay this song i'm going for the kind of older like east coasty so it's going to be kick heavy and that bass is going to be kind of like it's going to be thinner so i'm i might even shelve it to like 100 something so you're just kind of hearing the. Mm-hmm. but if i'm trying to do that modern stuff then i want the kick that punches over the bass and that bass fuck it i'll if it's hitting at 20 it's hitting at 20 let it go <laughs> <laughs> and that's so easy to do on splice now so and, like, if I'm looking for little accoutrements to throw in, like, little samples, or little vocal embellishments, I can be like, well, my song's in E minor, I'm looking, and I can just type in vocal E minor, and then there's 20,000 vocal cuts in E minor, and you're like, oh, I love it, you know? Or you could go A minor, like, you could transpose so it still works in the key, you know, you don't have to be in E minor, but, like, it's so cool. It's so cool
0: sponsored by splice yeah i wish holler <laughs> at me splice damn
1: i mean you've been rhyming for a
0: long time now man i mean do you do you remember any of your first bars because i know you said you came from like the
1: freestyle side of things do you remember any where you're like damn that was actually kind of good like my first bars yeah i mean like i would write like i, I was at that point i think i was really kind of like copying what i was hearing so I was doing like a lot of baba di baba di and like saying words that don't need you know, like finding like chemical compounds and like you you know, like looking at the dictionary and shit for like being like okay. And like just going through and like trying to make it sound like I was more than what I was. And then I remember I wrote this song called Fairy Tale Bullshit and it was just about love and it was like the most honest like expression. And, and then I would like play it for some people and they'd be like that's really good like I don't have to think about this song it just hits me where it hits me and I was like oh shit and then I, I was like I can write songs like that all day long and I just started cutting tracks so I don't think my first bars were great but they were you know, I was like trying to sound like I was like one of the boom bap rappers. My metaphysical, inevitable, <laughs> like it's so stupid, but like it's just what I was listening to, and it's like w- it, that was so foreign to me. Like same with the Dunn language stuff from all the Gully rap. Like I was like, what did he what, what is he talking about? Like I have no idea what those Wu Tangs. Like in those Wu Tang skits, I was like, I don't even know what you are saying right now, but I like it. <laughs> I think I know. So, yeah, I was kind of like chameleon on to stuff back then. But when I found myself is when the bars, the bars started really happening.
0: Out of all of the songs you've made, is there one where you feel like you're you're proudest of it to date?
1: I don't know. It like varies a lot, you know, because I get excited about certain elements of the song. And so I guess the question would be like, is there one that lines up on all the elements that like, you know, form this like eclipse of and i don't really know because like looking at songs like kidding me i've always like referenced in this because production wise it is what i wanted it to be to a t and then when I had finished the song, I was like, it could still be more. And then that's when we put a fucking orchestra in there. Like a real orchestra in there. And it was like, it was the song was already like overproduced. And I was like, nope, keep going. And it's like when that hook hits, it is so huge. And But then the hook is like, you fucking gotta be kidding me. And it's like, it's a mixture of my humor. It's a mixture of the the beauty that I like in production. I really like those like... I like beautiful note arrangements but sometimes I like to say not so beautiful stuff over them um, and then it's also a song that is as described you don't have to think about it there's no metaphysical biblical, riddable, like there's none of that it's just straight to the point it's kind of funny but it's also like eh, I relate to this
2: fucking be me. look at all that you did to me why the hell you be wondering who's kissing me now? You fucking gotta be kidding me! Look at all that you did to me. Why the hell would you be wondering who's kissing me now? Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa.
1: You could play it for somebody who's going through it and it could inspire them to rise above, you know, like their emotional turmoil. Or you could just listen to it and just be like, Zonk's height, you know, like it, 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 it covers a lot of range and it, it fits in my wheelhouse really well and I, I love that song I love playing that song I end with it every tour I don't care I don't care for the rest of my career chances are that will be the last song that I played before the encore so
0: that kind of proves that then really doesn't it yeah. it feels like that yeah. it sticks
1: well and it's like where do I put that song now <laughs> like you know there's like a eight piece orchestral arrangement at the like where do you put that what we'll follows that that's where you go have a good night you know like you Mind walk joy. off on that <laughs> Yeah. so are there any
0: artists that you would love to work with because you've mentioned where you want to go with the production and you'd love to continue on that front developing but are there any specific artists where you think I'd love to do a track with them like is there any where you actually kind of picture a track not just kind of icons in the game but more kind of you think yeah we look could who, work
1: look who does that probably the best is Love, you know um, I would love to work with Questlove, but I don't know what I would do. You know, like I would, <laughs> I would generally feel pressure um, working with Questlove. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't. First of all, I wouldn't know what to say to him. So I would need to know him <laughs> first before we work together. You know, like need to go to one of his dinner parties or something. He throws a lot of dinner parties. So like, but just like, hey, do you want to work with Questlove? He's in the studio today. You have three hours. I'd be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like, I wouldn't even know what to do, you know? Yeah. That's how wonderful I think he is. With that being said, like, I want to try to accomplish those things on my own now. Um, I want to, a lot of these younger cats are coming up. Like, we didn't come up, you know? We came up on the samples and the, you know, chopping your own drums. And these kids had piano lessons and guitar lessons, and they're incorporating it into their Ableton, and which is an amazing program, by the way. Like, I love Ableton. It took me a long time to came, come around to it. But now Splice and Ableton, like, woo! I'm just <laughs> slapping beats out. But, uh, you know, like they just they had this training they have this musicality they grew up on more musical hip-hop than we did and they're talented and i i want to work with the, the younger kids because unlike the older dudes like a lot of older dudes are like nah like you got to keep it classic or we'll have nothing to hold on to it's like yeah but they said that about us you know they, they said that about us they, every shift we've seen the shift we saw that terrible early 2000 shift with like the in the club rap. <laughs> Like and now we're onto this trap stuff, but the trap stuff has lent itself to people like Kendrick, people like Shemino, like all these like weird, like because trap has kind of infused hip hop in some way into R and B, and hip hop has always been connected to R and B, but now these sounds and these tempos are getting closer, and and rappers are singers now, and like everything is kind of becoming this big like intertwined beautiful thing, and just because you don't like one thing that. You know this artist is doing maybe listen to his producer see what he's doing who else does he work with oh shit he works with this singer cool i really like that guy who does he work with you know like instead of picking it apart being like this isn't the hip-hop that you know i want it to be find the things that you love out of it and and also they could use some advice from you a lot you know like some of these younger kids could use some old head advice but not that angry old head bitter shit like how about some business advice for these kids how about some like i did what you're about to do and it did not turn out good for me you know like some of that stuff would be good instead of being like your music is not hip hop stop with that you know like let these kids make their music cause they're gonna make some cool shit if you just let them do it. They're talented, they more talented than I was, you know, so just let them go.
0: On that note, Greeves, thank you so much for joining us with Dignicrates. Yeah, man. of course. Good good luck with it, man. Thanks, man.
2: It's bad days, long nights and strong medicine. If you can hear me knocking, you're about to let the devil in. <laughs> Ain't nobody ringing my bell. grab a
0: To find out more about each episode, including the tracks played, go to the finemag.com.